Do you fear the zombie uprising? Are you prepared to survive what's coming? If you listen very carefully, you might just make it out alive. This is Zompocalypse Now. just have to make sure that all the little stuff is done and then I can be finished with my stupid This is game. why we can't have nice things. This is why you and I are alone tonight. Uh, yeah. I even made Skeddy. I know, it was really good. I made delicious, um, delicious Dear Curtis meat, and meat and sausage Skeddy. Spaghetti with meat sauce. There was some bread. Mm -hmm. We had uh, uh, gelato. Mm -hmm. Um, so for Curtis and Mindy, mm -hmm. you two missed out. Who both knew there was going to be spaghetti. And it was very good. So, yes. um, hi folks, I'm Tim. Hi, I'm Dustin. And this is Apocalypse Now, and we are, we had a two-part. Twofer. A two-episode I wouldn't say run. it's two-part, because I don't necessarily know how much, like, it wasn't like, oh, this is part A and this right, is part that's B. that's true. It wasn't like a... Because next week there will not be a Teen Wolf episode. Yes. We'll come with something else of... to do next week. Tiddlywinks. Tiddlywinks. <laughs> the last time I played Tiddlywinks was at my grandparents' house. I don't even know. If and I, that, so that must I, have been a decade ago. I legitimately, More. legitimately didn't know that was a real game real people played until I was maybe 19 or 20. I, I can believe that. Uh, wow. So for those of you who don't know what Tiddlywinks is, I'm not terribly surprised. Yeah. It's not a game that has captured the imagination of the world. Right. It's it's the one where you press with the thing and it pops, right? right? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, those little chips of plastic, mm -hmm. really. So, um, yeah, not really in this era of electricity <laughs> yeah i i was i was just playing a game on my phone at the mm -hmm. beginning of this that had better graphics than the sega genesis i had when i was 14 years old oh yeah so yeah. on the phone just you know with buttons sure no sure. buttons not a button not a single one yeah mm -hmm. you press the button the press future the is here and it's Minus mildly the, disappointing. I, <laughs> I mean, I am completely on board with not having jetpacks because mm -hmm. I spend most of my day in a car and I don't even want to think about flying things. Mm -hmm. I, Kansas City drivers, I love this town. I, I, I like living here very, very much with one problem. The people in Kansas City do not know how to drive in Oh, God, any, it is awful. Anyway. Uh, waterfalls from the sky. Oh, they, it's like you bar the door. It's... Why is this happening? I can't imagine what it's going to be like tomorrow. The eclipse. We are in the oh path of totality for the eclipse tomorrow. And I am afraid that it is going to be like... If the city burns, yeah. I won't be surprised. Uh, because this town, I don't know You how. were telling me there was a run on the grocery store today. Oh, yeah. So I go to the grocery store to pick up the ice cream. I brought the ice cream. Dustin made spaghetti. I brought the ice cream. And there is, the lines at the grocery stores were ridiculous. And all I'm thinking is... Tomorrow is Monday. Yeah. I have to go to work. Right. Yes, there's an eclipse, but what do you think's going to happen? Right. It's not like it's going to be hours long. Yeah, I think that from our, we are, Kansas City's in the path of totality. Mm -hmm. We are going to get a 40-second full eclipse. Which, 
from a psychological standpoint, I hear uh, that that sort of thing can actually feel like much, much longer. Mm. Which, and you and I know this from editing films, and, and, and yeah. a second can be an incredibly long period of time. Right. But um, I'm just really kind of surprised. So apparently there's a great concern, and a lot of people have tomorrow off. I have to go to work. I have to go to work. I am... Uh, All the monsters are going to be at school. They have a field trip. Yeah. To go and look at the eclipse from another so place. So we'll, um, it'll be exciting and cool because it's like, you know, 100 years. Every 100 years, that's, that's pretty yeah. cool. We get a chance to see it. That's neat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll be in a car driving and <laughs> probably not going to be going, oh, look, it's very dark. And oh, my God. So, yeah. But anyway, for those of you who get to, uh, well, by the time you listen to this, it'll have happened. Yeah. And hopefully you're still here and, and Kansas City hasn't burned. Ah, well. And you know, everything's well. fine. So, no, it's going to be okay. So, what happened on Wolves That Are Teens and their friends and families tonight? Well, Cindy? a significant number of people made really, really poor decisions. Yeah. Um, this is definitely an episode where this not staring directly at the plot is the only way I'm getting through an episode like these episodes like this tonight. Because I wanted to grab hold of a significant chunk of the people involved and shake them like they had bubble heads. Mm. And maybe they would like fall off if I shook them hard enough. Maybe. Um, but, eh, I mean... So, the first episode uh, dealt with the Arby's monster escaping from the morgue. Right. Uh, the kid, the, the, the instigator kid, who's, who's full, full of, of spiders, spiders, came and poured spiders from his mouth into the Arby's monster, and the Arby's monster got up and left. Parrish felt it happen. Right. And freaked out. And so him and uh, Sheriff Stalinski and Mama McCall all went to the morgue and found that the Arby's monster was gone. So that was exciting. Which we kind of knew was going to happen. I mean, the telegraphing there. Once once the kid shows up and drops, you know, gives the spider kiss of death. Mm -hmm. Well, it sat up. Yeah. (laughs) That's sort of a given. Once you, <laughs> they telegraphed that the Arby's monster was leaving by the by sitting up. Right. Now, the yeah. kid, um, did, did the monster take the kid with him? I don't know. Because the kid just disappears from the story at this point. Right. We do not see him again. Well, he fell lifeless to the ground. Sure, but... He was just full of spiders at that point. Right, but generally speaking, there's just, you know, while, while morgues are a place where you do keep the dead bodies, mostly they're not on the floor, sure. having been in a few... Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, again, there are this thing called the light bulb. The <laughs> only light that it was is ever on in the morgue is the examination light, <laughs> and it's always pointed so artistically <laughs> away from anything important. Yeah, uh, I walk past a morgue just in the course of my day. I walk past uh, a morgue every four times a day, mm. and I generally don't wander into the morgue uninvited. That's rude, and. <laughs> But I can tell you it's a very brightly lit place. It's like lights <laughs> coming out of the out of the doorways. So uh, but mm. it's it is dramatic. Right. She throws open she throws open the door and she's leaning back and everyone looks inside and it's like oh crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so meanwhile, uh the kids at school have gotten wind of Liam being a supernatural and they're all freaked out. Mm-hmm. Mainly the guy with the Big old pupils. Right. And some buddy of his. Like, they're the ringleaders of it. And they have cast two young men who are straight out of annoying frat character central yeah. casting. They've got that... That face. That face. 
And I just kept waiting for someone to say, none of them said bro, which I yeah. was waiting for. Right. Ugh. Well, um, anyway, so basically they kick Liam off the lacrosse team. And mm-hmm. he's his whole thing is that he's really upset that Brett and his sister got killed. Right. And he doesn't want to go to school. He's afraid. And, and Scott convinces him to go. And then he spends the rest of the day like trying not to vogue into a werewolf. Right. And this was actually one of my beginning problems Shit. with... The, the arguments people are making. Because Scott's argument actually was pretty terrible. Why you should go to school. Well, because it's just what you do. Like, your super identity, secret identity, gotta do it, you know. Yeah, no, that's a terrible, terrible argument. Hi, um, I just saw two of my friends run over. I'm not coming to school today. <laughs> or... I mean, just it's it's a it, yeah, it was a really dumb argument, but right. it, it, it puts was, you it you know, puts him at school for the thing to happen, right? And he's ostracized in classes. And here's something that I was very a little irritated by the class that he was in, that chemistry mm-hmm. class. That teacher a couple of seasons ago was very very hard on Scott, and there mm-hmm. was a moment where like cause, like I said, every time they introduce a new teacher, you know they're going to be evil, sure, essentially on this show. And so I was kind of, we were all kind of waiting for that reveal of her evil in that season. Mm-hmm. And then, it, like, she had Scott alone in this classroom, and she basically was like, Scott, I'm hard on you. She did the, the inspiring teacher route and said, I'm hard on you because I know you want to be a vet, and chemistry is very important to becoming a vet. And if you're going to do that, you have to buckle down and do this. Of course, at the time, Scott was distracted by something else. Like, there was something else going on. He wasn't half listening, but, you know, that was going on in the background. And so her little thing of, like, uh, it, later in the episode, they're beating Liam up. And they're, all the kids are watching. And, and Mason's trying to save him. And uh, then that teacher comes in. And Mason's like, do something. And she's like, sometimes it's best to let that the work right, out. Yeah. But I think that's the Arby's monster was affecting everybody at that point. Right. Or is affecting everybody at that point. There's a lot of Arby's monster in that episode. Well, there's a lot of Arby's. This is an Arby's monster night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting how much the effect, and I guess I hadn't really registered before, that the effect they use when the Arby's monster, Arby's is so not giving us any money. We are, <laughs> we are not getting an endorsement deal from Arby's. Uh, Arby's, if you would like us to sponsor, like to sponsor our show, you'd like us to stop talking about the Arby's monster. We would be willing to. Uh, now that said, um, bear in mind, um, it's still the Arby's monster, right? Because it, yeah. But that effect that every time you see it is a lot like it's like a video game cutscene. You know that effect mm-hmm. where you're like, it's like suddenly you're like, feel like you've stepped into, you know, Silent Hill or something. Right. right? There's that. That weird kind of bizarre camera focusing that is very much a part and parcel of mm-hmm. of horror gaming. Yeah, uh, which was which kind is of an interesting. effective thing to do. Yeah, and it's it's sort of it's a visual shortcut that gets yeah. you gets you to set with the idea. Um, so let's see. So eventually, the coach rescues Liam. Right and after kicks Liam, everybody out. after Liam takes a considerable and beating, beating and doesn't doesn't shift into a werewolf. Mm-hmm. They call it shifting. Where do I get voguing from? I, I know that's from some some creature. I don't know, but it, it's um, now I got this idea in my head of Madonna like Grimm, banging out. Oh, okay. In Grimm, they call it voguing. Okay. But here it's shifting. So, um, anyway, yeah, Liam gets beat up by these kids and everybody kind of says, yeah, I think that Coach might not be affected because he's notoriously drunk and on drugs. Uh, that's like his, <laughs> his shtick. And well, and it's, it's interesting how he basically became. 
the savior here after after really coming around. My my experience with him has just been this season. Yeah. And it's he's kind of like a joke. Yeah. Oh yeah. And here he is actually really really serious and serving a, a role that um, I had just looked at you mm-hmm. just before the other teacher showed up, and I said, "Where are the teachers in the yeah. school?" And I said, "Who is letting this happen?" Don't you remember being in high school and like you would like go to school and wander aimlessly through the halls with your books, and there would be no teachers there? That's something that happens, right? And I did point out that I was actually in the theater department to some degree. This was true. Yes, and I, I was I, as well. I kind of had the run of the school, uh, which was kind of. In retrospect, really bizarre. Mm-hmm. But uh... <laughs> journalism kids in our school have that too. Yeah, like, I remember being in journalism and like saying, "I'm going to go write a story." Then just go on the subway. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a, a thing where we would go to uh, the hour before lunch. I think yeah, the hour before lunch was my chemistry class. Oh yeah, and I would sit there and say to Mrs. Boffman, uh, who was Chris, uh, uh, Chris, Christy, Christy Allen, Christy Allen's sister, right? I would say to her, I'm going to go down to the, I have to go study my line. And she's like, okay, go. And I'd go down there and we'd go to lunch. Mm-hmm. Had this really long lunch at this great Mexican restaurant about 20 minutes away. It was great. Uh, they're not there anymore. It's a shame. It was a great uh, mom and pop little restaurant. But that's kind of, best kind of uh, uh, real Mexican restaurant. Yeah. It was actually really good Mexican, mm-hmm. real good Mexican food. So, anyway. Hmm. Isn't that the, I think that's basically, oh, well, um, Scott wants to do peace talks. Well, Liam, in right. during all of this, Liam like sneaks into the guidance counselor's office as a respite, but then he ends up talking to her and like sees all these books on the supernatural and sees the scratches on her neck and kind of figures out who she is. Mm-hmm. And so, meanwhile, Scotty's wanting to go to Gerard and have like peace well, no, hold on, because there's more to that scene because it's all it's all veiled threats mm-hmm. and then open threats, right? And then immediately after that, the little blonde weasel. <laughs> Throws salt. Uh-huh. It looks like salt or chalk or chalk or, or something. something. But salt, salt is often used in in magical mm-hmm. rituals. So that was the first thing that came to mind. And I'm like, how did he know how to do that? How did he know there was even invisible people behind the guy? And the question actually is answered later when he's revealed to be part of the whole, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, well, not only that, but when, when the kid when, when the kid was filled with spiders, mm-hmm. one of the things that made him go down and stab. Tori in the hand was the spider kid was like right. you've seen him just appear in rooms before right and so they know Corey can turn invisible a lot of the people in Beacon Hills have probably been ignoring a lot of supernatural shit for a really really long time well and that's kind of the, one of the things that seems really interesting to me and, and, and no one's really talking about this which is one of those don't stare directly at the part, plot part because this is something that should be talked about among these people, mm-hmm. which is if you, if if you're, all these people are so eager and willing to believe that teenagers should be murdered mm-hmm. because they're werewolves. Now, as much as you and I might find it really, really terrifying if any of this stuff were to happen for real. Because you and I are smart enough to know that a real zombie apocalypse, while much, much shorter than in mm-hmm. fiction, would be unpleasant oh, in the short term. Where real werewolves and real vampires and other that probably would not be cool to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, you would think I bet vampire poetry is terrible. Oh God. Are you kidding me? Oh my yeah. You, you've got the two you've got the two schools. You've got the Lewis from Interview with a Vampire School of Woe is me, the immortality. 
<laughs> the weight of the years. Uh-huh. And then you've got the annoying ones where they just want to kill you and such. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you, you know, whiny ones or evil ones. Those right. are your options. Um, but the thing is, is that you know you have to either either they already either this entire town already knew what these people were mm-hmm. because how many years did it show it on the air? Six. There we go. But it's it's I encompassed know. for. Three years, or four years, three right? Three or four years, yeah. Okay, but Stephen so. Or... And not only... But but even before that, like, before, in the mythology of the show, mm-hmm. the Hale family, which had the last true alpha in it, mm-hmm. who, who was the leader of that pack, right. lived in Beacon Hills. Right, so the idea... So... It, it, so and, and especially with all the past several years mm-hmm. of increasingly exponentially bizarre and terrifying events yeah. in this town. Either the people in this town are suffering from a mass, you know, hallucination that nothing is going on, mm-hmm. or they know. Right. And now there, it's like so many people in them are like, "Oh yeah, kids? Yeah, sure, kill them. We don't care. Well, we'll feel better if they're dead anyway." Um, I think that I think that has a lot to do with the Arby's monster. Well, it does, but at the same time, um, <sighs> see, and we in reality don't have that luxury of being like, oh. Well, the crazy people are just being affected by the Arby's monster. Our crazy people are just crazy. Like, well, you yes. know, at least at least the Ar- there were there were a number number of interesting parallels in terms of. We've spent an entire. We talked about it last week. We have yeah. spent an entire week in the real world dealing with fucking Nazis. Yeah, and you can't... Nazis. Nazis. Real. Nazis in America in 2017. Yeah, it's insane. And I think, in a way, there's a bizarre parallel because you know that group mentality mm-hmm. that you know. Well, it's it's the idea of stop thinking of the other person as, as a human as being, a, as a thing with that's like you. Right. Find the dis- find the divisions, push them away. They even have a conversation um, where. Um, oh, for heaven's sakes! What is her name? The counselor. No, the counselor and um, and uh, Lydia. Lydia, thank you. Counselor and Lydia sit down, and there's you, that. That's part of the conversation. Is you, know, you once you start thinking about the other person as the other, which is fascinating. And I I wonder how much this was a conscious decision to have a black actress here, because it's a care as in, in terms of her character. There's nothing about her character that we've mm. seen so far that requires. It to be a male or female character, a mm-hmm. black character, white character, Hispanic character, Asian character. There's nothing about it that the character itself could be played by any actor. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of what we know and the backstory of the character, there's nothing distinct um, that distinct to being a, a black person or a woman, right? In the in the character itself, um, but you but they chose a black female actress. Uh, for the part. Well, I think that it creates a nuance. Well, yeah, because you have that... the scene. There's a scene at the at the, mm-hmm. the station um, with the where she's leaving the lynch mob. Exactly, and I mean, and Stalinsky even says, "If you think I'm going to let you lynch people, you're mistaken." Like almost verbatim, that's yeah. the line he says. Right. So it's 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 a very interesting choice, and I you know you know how production is. This was 
the season was this last ten episodes was probably written six eight months ago. Well, and it's it was shot at least and, six yeah. months ago. The, the, right, they have finished with the episodes, guys. They're not current. They're not currently filming. Right, it's just it's it's just very strange. It's a strange coincidence how prescient how how much Team Wolf is dealing with current issues, <laughs> which is a curious thing to say. Last season we actually had. A Nazi villain. Mm-hmm. It was actually a Nazi villain. And we were like, oh, Nazi villains. How passe. How uh, silly was that? Would you, why Why would you have a Nazi villain? Who would possibly think the Nazis would be a realistic villain in this? Oh, wait. <laughs> wait a what? second. Actually, no, let me, let, me, let me make that very, very clear. The Nazis are not good villains. The Nazis are pathetic, whiny little bitches. And yeah, and... And at, and at this point, they are a passe. Like, how do we find somebody who is just, you know, unredeemable evil? Well, let's put a Nazi in there. Well, okay, and so just a couple of reminders here, folks. The Nazis lost, right? For the as, as far so as the being Confederates, as, so as far as being the master race, they were kind of failures at that. Mm-hmm. The Confederates did lose, and the Confederates uh, that was uh, uh, an act of treason, by the way. Mm-hmm. So just so you know, in case you were wondering about Dustin and my political leanings. Shocker of shockers. Right. I'm kind of liberal. Right. Yeah. So anyway. But anyway, so that's that's an interesting little side. We didn't go on a crazy tangent. We went on an actual real one. Well, anyway. just, yeah, it is actually a real tangent. It's true. So um, Scott wants to create a piece. He wants to he wants to figure out a way that they can we can make it out of here alive. Right. So he goes to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Well, he sends Argent first to draw. Right. And Gerard's basically like, <laughs> no. Uh, you shot me last time. Yeah. Uh, and and so then, um, Argent, this was such a good scene. I love, this is one of the reasons that I love Melissa McCall and then by extension Melissa Ponzio because mm-hmm. then Argent goes back to her and he, she's like, he's like, the only way, Argent says the only way, that, or Gerard says the only way we're going to get out of this is if they leave. Leave town, leave the state, leave. Mm-hmm. And, and, Mama McCall says, I have never told my son to run, and I will never do it. I'm never going to say that he should run. Well, and Argent's argument right there is pretty convincing, too, because his argument was, I'd rather he be alive. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, they're both right. right. But, you know, she's, there. the progression of her character from, from mother who was terrified, because when he first shifted in front of her she was terrified she was terrified oh, sure, for of course. a while but then by the end by the time she figured it out like that he was trying to help people and he was trying to do what was right even even when he at the end of the wild hunt was it the wild hunt where he died no that was before that was another season before um <laughs> but the apparently season, scotty dies regularly or semi-regularly regularly. this is i think he he almost died one time or died real good one time and then like legit died one time like was dead liam killed him like the mm. end of season five liam was under some sort of influence and like legitimately killed scott and uh and melissa found him and basically like through the power of love brought him back to life mm-hmm. and sure. you know it was, it was as the mothers want to do I think, you know, and so anyway, um, I really like that. I think she's a fierce character and I'm very excited that she's still, that she's lasted. But it, <coughs> but it did raise for me another issue that I have with this show 
and it really it seems like that where you have that strong parental figure mm-hmm. the sheer number of teenagers who are running around this town without parents <laughs> who are yeah where? <laughs> who well what is scott, going on you asked, you asked me at the beginning of the episode because scott is like pulling liam out of bed and he's like tim's like Where's Liam's dad? Where's Liam's parents? I was like, well, when Scott made Liam a werewolf, he kind of took over. Like, but that doesn't. His, no. his dad faded into the background. I'm like, oh no, sure, of course. But he's not the only one. You have all these characters. All the all the parental figures in this town are. There's five. There's like five parental figures. One of which came back because the only reason I even know. That the Reverend from The Walking Dead is on this show is A, Wikipedia, Mm. and B, because you told me. Right. I have never seen him on this show until tonight. And then it's like, hi there. And I'm like, how come no one's looking at him going, oh, thank God, we thought you were dead. Yeah, it's like, (laughs) Deaton is back. I'm very excited that Deaton is back. And Tim's like, have these characters even met him before? So, anyway, so, yeah, um, Scotty goes to talk peace with the guidance counselor of doom, and she brings, like, six dudes, and it obviously isn't a peace thing, but luckily, Malia and Lydia showed up, and so they all kind of, they kind of have to shoot their way, and then the Arby's monster shows up. And the Arby's monster is like, kill, kill, kill. The cool thing about the Arby's monster is the Arby's monster has no dialogue. Mm -hmm. There is no actual, here is my plan. It's more like. Bang, yeah. bang, bang, dead people. Right. Um, and so, Hellhound, Deputy Hellhound shows up mm-hmm. and does a thing with a thing. Yeah. And a thing and then grabs well, the he, monster. Well, he lights and... himself on fire, which is kind of sometimes how he has to jumpstart his Hellhound. Right. Grabs the Arby's monster. They both explode in flame. And it looks like the Arby's monster is burnt to a crisp, but then he shows up again. So it's not necessarily... Yeah, so my question is, if you have a dead, crispy Arby's monster on the floor, and you are a police officer, and you know this thing has escaped from the morgue, do you not take the dead, crispy Arby's monster back to the morgue and say, let's put a lot, let's put an additional lot. I have this this three-number code. And can we turn the lights on in this room? It's dark in here. What's wrong with you people? So... The second episode tonight starts with um, oh god, what is his name? I'm gonna have to look it up. The um, Tyler is it Tyler? Oh, there's too many Tylers in this show. I don't know. Didn't it start with the girl running in terror? Oh right, uh, the the oh it ended with the girl getting shot or um, by the by the mo- she was attacked by a mob and then shot and then by she, the deputy. yeah by a deputy. So she has a flat tire, and some very, very creepy guys show up, and they say creepy things, and it is entirely, it's seen that if she was not a teenage werewolf, mm-hmm. you'd be looking at this and going, wow. I'm about to see a rape scene. Mm-hmm. This is awful. It was pretty awful. This is it was pretty awful. Anyway. very uncomfortable. Theo. Uh, Theo, yes. And so... So she fights off her attackers, and then a deputy shows up, and she's like, oh, thank God, but then the deputy takes out her gun and shoots her in the head. Right. But since she's a werewolf, she lives. She's, she's, she gets better. Right. Nobody checks the body. Right. Nobody sits there and goes, hey, are you dead? <laughs> and pokes him. He's like, oh, 
killed him. Gotta go now. Yeah. And then, <laughs> that's all of these characters. How many of these characters have died and come back? Uh, well, Theo. Uh-huh. Theo died and came back. Uh-huh. Uh, Scott died and came back. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's it. I really, really think okay. this. It feels Death, like there's more. Death, well, oh no, um, Cody, Corey. Corey died and came back. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all. I realize that love interests, when love interests die, they, they have to stay dead. Right. Unless, or they come back evil. That's the law. Yeah. I believe that's that's the law. That's the law well, that's of genre fiction. It. That's how they did it. Was um, now now I remember Theo used some sort of mind control on Leon to kill Scott, mm-hmm. and then Scott was brought back by the power of love. Mm-hmm. Um, Theo then after that was sent to hell as a, like physical his physical body was dragged right. to hell and they pulled him back last season that, yeah they pulled him back last season to help fight the Nazi or the, 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 the wild hunt the first half of this season yeah I'm sorry yes and, because uh, the and, uh, enemy of my enemy is my enemy but, but uh, yeah, yeah well you know he can maybe help but he's got super sick abs so we're gonna keep him <laughs> around um, and Corey was was a was a chimera that's right. how he got his his uh, his chameleon powers and he was killed by the Dread Doctors when he was a failure. Right. But then Theo used some sort of MacGuffin to bring him and a bunch of other Chimeras back. And then they were right. his pack of Chimeras for like an entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he killed all of them except for Cory Because he just didn't get to Cory in time. And besides, Cory's power sort of lame. All he can do is turn invisible. And see into other dimensions. But, you know... You other, know than other than that. Other than that. <laughs> other than the ability to break the barrier between worlds. Other than that. Right. See things that are hidden, because he does that in the next episode. Sure, right. Um, so anyway, uh, Theo is chained to a fence with two other werewolves, and Shio, they are being doused with water and electrocuted. Theo, of course, is wearing a white shirt while this happens. Of course. Uh, and they do take a moment to kind of graze over his chest just to remind you why Theo has been on the show for three seasons, even though he has died. Um, the uh, show, like every other genre picture of any kind, once again displays how electricity and water do not actually work right. together. But hey, that's okay. So Theo realizes that the zip ties are being used, are being melted by the electricity, and so he breaks out, and then they tie the captor to the thing. Actually, they... he, he insults the two people, the two wearables who are tied up next to him, and then start realizes that if he keeps goading the uh, nut job in front of them who's got the controls, then he can get him to melt through. Yeah. And meanwhile, he's sitting there talking about, you know, insulting everybody the two werewolves who are tied to the who are all tied up there with him are looking at him like what are you doing mm-hmm. why are you an asshole because <laughs> <laughs> he's theo that's theo's that job theo. um and so anyway they escape and then they're about to go back to scotch he he is about to take these two werewolves to scotch and uh they're captured by sheriff stalinsky who 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 arrests them for murder and it turns out that these two werewolves had been going around to hunters Maybe, mostly hunters, sort of, we're not 100% sure, and killing them. The implication uh, in at least one of the scenes is that they may have actually killed some of the family members of yeah. some of these people. So innocent people have died. Right. And uh, and the way you know innocent people have died is that their eyes are not yellow, which would be the color of a normal beta. A beta. They are blue. And when you kill an innocent, now the, the, that helps mm-hmm. me remember, when you kill an innocent, your eyes turn blue. 
Now, what's interesting here is that this actually is the beginning of an earlier, of a longer discussion, which feels like should cover a lot longer period of time or be much, much shorter. And it's that philosophical discussion of we are not, if we're, if we're the good guys, we don't kill. Right, which is Scott's whole thing. And the problem with that is your enemy in this context, and this gets weird because as somebody who does not think violence is the answer in most cases, mm-hmm. um, you, it's okay to punch a Nazi. Right. That's perfectly allowed. That's what they're for. That's what mm-hmm. Nazis are for, It's guys. in the Bible. It's, yeah. <laughs> I believe Jesus, Jesus said, said, thou shalt punch the <laughs> Nazi God. right in the mouth. <laughs> And lo, I say unto it's you. It's one of the Beatitudes, isn't it? Right. <laughs> Pretty sure. Blessed are those who punch the Nazis in the right in the mouth. mouth. That's right. Uh, I, 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 but, uh, but in this particular case, they know that Gerard is a, mur- a killer. Yeah. And that he's going to keep coming at them until he kills them. And if they leave, he will follow them. They know right. this already. And so it's very noble of Scotty to sit there and say, we're not going to kill. But we have to find another way. But that's always been his... And, you know, and I completely and, understand that. And that's the great thing about what I think. And Stalinsky says, if you're going to fight a war, people are going to die. And sometimes innocent people are mm-hmm. going to die. And Scotty's been death adjacent before. Like like when the Skinwalkers sent Leah fully, or Leah, Theo, fully like to hell. Like he stood there and watched it happen. Like mm-hmm. he didn't be like, no, wait, let's not do the thing. He just like stood there and watched. Right. Um, but at the same time, I think it's, it seems like a, your the decision to get to this point seems like it took longer than it should have right. in terms of, okay, if he's going to try and kill you and he's not going to stop, mm-hmm. saying, you know, please don't kill me is not going to solve the problem. Right. Can we talk about this? No. no <laughs> I mean, that's the answer. Me. That's his answer. So anyway, uh, they end up at the sheriff's station. Me, and so... Uh, Scott and Lydia and Malia and Theo all show up at the sheriff station to convince Sheriff Stalinsky to let them go because mm-hmm. there are hunters out there wanting to kill them and right. they're not safe in jail. And the werewolf who was shot in the head, her name is Quinn, she's there too. And she's like, a deputy shot me. And he's like, oh, which deputy? And she's like, I remember the car and I remember the badge. I remember the gun. But then she shot me in the head, so I don't really remember a whole lot. Well, I don't think she actually says she. Oh, I think yeah. she just, you know, I remember being shot in the head by a deputy. And that's something that I'm surprised that nobody actually asked her. Mm-hmm. Do you remember if it was a man or a woman? Because there is a limited number of women in that building mm-hmm. and a limited number of men. There's a finite number of male and female deputies who right. sit there and say, right, well, if it was a woman, okay. And we know, mm-hmm. the audience knows it was a woman. Right. And they show her a couple of times, like, standing in the background, like, walking across frame. So, like, she's there. Mm-hmm. Um, Being all suspicious and stuff. Right. And so, anyway, that's when the lynch mob shows up. Right. To get the two werewolves. And Sheriff, Sheriff Stilinski stands up to them. And so they say, okay, well, you've got till midnight to make your decision. We didn't actually talk about her motivation. So the, oh, the, right. The guidance counselor of doom. She, now, I did not see the episode with the giant thing in mm-hmm. the bus. Right. What? That was... Two seasons ago? Okay. Two, maybe just two... Because, okay. So, this is the Hunter War. Last cycle was the Wild Hunt. The cycle before that was... The Dread Doctors? It all runs together, but it was... They were... 
Uh, they were trying to. There was a, a ancient werewolf that had been uh, released, and that mm-hmm. was that ancient werewolf. Okay. And it was going around killing people uh, and eating a certain gland to kind of keep itself alive. Sure. And uh, so, as you do. Of course. And it did. It killed a bunch of people at the school, and Scotty and, and Cheryl and Deputy uh, Parrish ran it off. And I was really trying to remember if, if that was a thing that happened, that there was a woman, if the, if the guidance counselor of Doom was there, and I honestly cannot remember. And I'm sure that, you know, better recappers would have looked it up or whatever. Well, and I think that if you, depending on, well, A, do not stare directly at the plot, I probably could have squeezed it in anyway, but also... But, it's one of those scenes that wouldn't surprise me if you could actually fit something in what the audience yeah. didn't see at the time. But in any event, basically, she watched her friends all get slaughtered, mm-hmm. and the only person who came to save her was uh, Stalinsky, Sheriff Stalinsky. Right. Stalinsky. But she blames the werewolves anyway. Right. And I, I don't know. Like, I would, I would hope that she would, I mean, I personally feel like I would try to understand that they were bigger fish to fry. They were taking the big scary monster on. Like, you know. The problem with that, though, is that from your point of view, if this is, if you are a person outside this, you have no other context other than monsters killing people and fighting each other. You're not Mm going to sit there and go, that's the good monster. That's true. So, I mean, to some degree, her... I completely understand what she's saying. Mm-hmm. She's this is her experience, right? But on the other hand, um, she also isn't willing to listen to anybody. She's made. She is. She has made up her mind. She has made her decision. Now, admittedly, she's got Gerard leading over her shoulder, right, whispering poison into her ear. And I, th- I just part of me thinks that she and little blonde kid, little little blonde mini Nazi, are gonna turn into are gonna do heel face turns. By the end of the season. I don't know. I don't know. The show oh, is not really she'll, known. She'll for do that. it. She'll do it and then Gerard will kill her. Right. And the kid'll do it and he will like survive and be like at the final episode, he'll be like, Can we be friends? I'll be your lab partner. And that's what's gonna happen. That's my, that's my prediction. I'm sorry. It's a terror it's really that's I hope not, actually. That's yeah. gonna be really kind of cheesy. But as things end the solution, you know, they, 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 uh, they... Well, the, the Arby's monster shows up and right. it causes two deputies to commit suicide. At one in a completely... Well, first, the Nazi kid show, gets in and, like, cuts the power and then he gets, right. like, you no, know, but it was all... Nazi. Yeah, it was all like a... It was all like a trick because he was really just trying to get in there so that he could pour Wolfsbane on the other two werewolves and, and it turns out that he knew one when he was a kid mm-hmm. and... And, or younger, he's still a kid. And uh, so he's about to do it, and then Liam breaks in and saves them, and and so then he's put in another room, and then the Arby's monster shows up and causes the deputy in that room with him to kill, to hang himself, which right. freaks him out. And then, while they're trying to cut down the deputy that hung himself, another deputy comes in the room and shoots herself. And here's my thing. This is one of the things that ir- irritates me slightly. Like, Parrish... And Stalinsky are both in that room mm-hmm. when she's like, I'm getting my gun, I'm going to shoot myself. And they don't let go of the dead guy. Right, he's already dead. And go over and try and stop her. They just watch it happen. Yeah. Which, you know. Eh. Well, they needed, a, they, they needed a second body, but it had to be female. Because right. Scotty's idea is, well, they want two dead bodies. 
and they don't know what they look like. How convenient we yeah. have. <laughs> hey, guys, what are you doing with these dead bodies? <laughs> to have two dead bodies. Nobody likes this plan, but they do it. And... However, I would like to point out that considering that we see have seen like one werewolf over the age of 20 uh, mm-hmm. in this. Okay, all the actors playing these werewolves are well over the age of 20. But this is something weird. Dylan Sprayberry, who plays Liam, yeah. when he was cast on the show as a 16-year-old, he was 16. And so he is what? still like a teenager. Oh, wow. And it's awkward. One. Because he is definitely CW17. Like, he <laughs> definitely is like, you cast you cast a 22-year-old to play a 17-year-old. You know, so yeah. that he could be sexually attractive. Because... You know, Liam is always, like, they don't cast unattractive people on the show, and it makes you gross. It makes you feel gross when Liam's doing something with his shirt off, and you're like, that's a nice smattering of chest hair you got there, Liam. And you're like, wait a minute, the actor isn't really, is not much older than the character. I think he's only 19. I think I should just go sit in the corner now. <laughs> it's never right, kids. It's, it's, nev- no, it's, it's never yeah. right. Uh, anyway. So, the oddly enough, taking two middle-aged deputies, <laughs> dead corpses, out and trying to pass them off as teenagers. Okay, I realize that studios have been doing this for a long, long time, and they have convinced that 30-year-olds can place teenagers. But in the semi-real world of Teen Wolf, the bad guys are not convinced by the grown-ups pretending to be Especially teen. since they don't even, like, change. They're still wearing their deputy uniforms. And so the, she's like, well, I've never seen them before, but I have seen their tattoos, so show me their tattoos. And, and they're like, oh, right. Oops. So just about the time they're about to do that, Scotty's deadbeat dad, who hasn't been on the show in like two years, shows up. I have no idea this is. So I'm like, who's that? <laughs> Scotty's dead. Scotty has a dad? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been, it's been a long time since deadbeat dad showed up. I was writing... I was reviews for humans was still happening, and we were doing weekly recap weekly recaps of Teen Wolf. The last mm-hmm. time Deadbeat Dad showed up, so it's been a long time. Yeah. And so he basically he's FBI, so he basically de de uh, uh, de escalates the situation, and the werewolves are supposed to leave town. Right. All the supernaturals are supposed to leave town. Everybody's super sad about which it. was actually one of the options that Scotty gave. Uh, Argent and and Counselor of Doom. Yeah, and she was like, "No, we'll just find you. We'll right. just find you." So this actually is really not a great deal. I don't. Right. Know if this is. Dead. So anyway, they leave town. Oh uh, wait, no, no, we can't go far that because there's a tender moment. Oh right, between Scotty and Malia. Oh god, oh, where they good. are just like the eyes and the fingers and the hands and the love. Why? And you hear like Barry White in the background. I don't want to talk about it. Let's get it on. Okay, that's all we have to say. Because Dustin's over here is going, No! And he tells me that the Twitter sphere has announced its Yeah, I don't think this was a bad plan. I don't think the show... I don't think the show miscalculated on this one. Uh, I think this is a bad plan. Because they didn't ever... If they had even... For a moment before these last ten episodes decided to establish that Malia and Scotty had any kind of chemistry that was sexual, I might understand it. It's mating season. Legitimately, it's mating season. The first episode of this show is Malia like, I gotta get on a plane and go fuck me some Frenchman. There is some, they want puppies. Oh my god, this is irritating. 
they're they need little wolf wolflets, wolf cubs. I don't even know. I don't even, I don't know, even, if even Scotty, know. We gotta, we gotta I don't go even here. know if Scotty really even broke up with Kira before she went to spend fifty years studying being a skinwalker with the desert ladies. I don't even know if they really broke up. Okay, well, unless she comes up, unless she comes up and goes, up. get your hands off my man. Who knows? <laughs> Within these last few episodes, like all sorts oh, of people my. from the past are probably going to show up. Oh, that's true. I gotta know. Get your, gotta get your. I know. Where the hell is Styles? I was thinking that this episode myself. This like, is exactly where, where he should be go? coming back. And I realize, yes, he's over in Quantico doing the FBI thing thing, but he's also we saw in the orientation film. Hey guys, here's a direct tie-in. To the hometown of our latest recruit. <laughs> yeah. like, why well, is he not he's showing probably up? Probably went into the woods to go find Derek. He's in the woods looking for Derek right now. Is what oh, okay. I'm going to say is happening. Sure. All right. That's my <laughs> that's that's my story. I'm sticking to it. So everyone leaves town. Everyone's sad except and they didn't. Corey leave and Mason town. have a really tender moment where where uh, where Corey's like Mason's like, please, I'll go with you. I will go with you. And and Mason and Corey's like, no. You, this is something we have to, we have to go, you have to stay. And so they leave, and then five minutes later, uh, Mason gets like a vision or something? Oh no, so he's in, he's in school, and he's gone up to the board to do that horrible thing that teachers used to make you do. I don't even know if they do this anymore in mm. the real world. Yeah. But they did this when I was a kid. Like you have to go up and you do the math problem on the board mm-hmm. in front of the rest of the class for... I don't even think they did what I was. Varying asking. degrees of maliciousness and, and just evilness on the part of the teacher. For those of us who are not good at math, such as myself. I wasn't great at it. So so then his invisible boyfriend <laughs> right. is writing on the chalkboard and then erasing it, although one would think uh. anyway. Uh, and apparently somewhat kind of flirting with the girl standing next to him. So I don't know what's going on with her. There seems to be a little bit. I don't know. Anyway, I feel like I've seen that girl before, too. Oh, she's, she's been in several of the uh, uh, classroom scenes. Yeah. But he says, come to the vet's office. Well, we forgot to mention something very important about the vet. All right. So, what's his name again? Deaton. Again, the only reason I know this character is on the show is because Dustin told, told me... And there's a got an entry on the Wikipedia page. So Deaton went to El- Elkin House to the cell where the original Hellhound was, and apparently it's got some sort of voodoo energy that makes Why? you want to kill yourself. Did he go there? But he's the vet. Yeah, but he's also a druid priest. Okay, I guess the guy there said, "Come, check out this really terrifying place that no one wants to go in and can go in there for more than thirty, 30 seconds." seconds. And he does. He does. And he finds a hole in the wall. Well, first you have to, he's also like having emotional moments. Right. There. Like, like there's some sort of real intense fear. And like he said that they don't allow anybody to bring a weapon anywhere near the room because they think used it on themselves. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, he finds this piece of artwork and then brings it back to the vet's office. And Corey and Mason break in trying to, they're going to re-examine the walls to try and figure something out. And then... Uh, but then Corey can see the other side of the picture because he can see things that are hidden. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so he draws it on there and they figure out that the creature is some sort of Janus. Which they situation. never actually used. They never actually used the word Janus. I kept waiting for them to say it. Well, and they um, never did. They're about a two-faced god. They actually reference, they actually make, he's got 
one half of the side is pretty, one half of the side is... is but then is Janice pretty. was not... That was not a Janice thing. Janice, one side was male, one side was female. I think... But and, in the context of the... And they don't ever, like... Teen Wolf is really good about using real mythological creatures. Not necessarily the right way. The wild yeah. hunt is wrong. But, but you know, so I'm so I think this is a real mythological creature. It's entire. It's very well be, but it basically it's it's multiple. It's possibly two entities uh-huh. that when they come together, create terrible, terrible fear and destruction, right. and distrust and paranoia, which completely fits what's going on. Right. But it's but it's two creatures. So there's the Arby's monster, and there's another one, and this goes really. This is one of those things that Teen Wolf does. Now there's a mystery of who is who or what is the other creature. Well, the, the whatever, human side looking. Whatever caused the spiders. Whatever, yeah. whatever. Because the, the boy full of spiders clearly is a separate thing from, right. from the harpies monster. But I also think that, that this is Gerard. That Gerard has. This, is not the, this would not be the first time that he has with the supernatural creature to do what he wanted to do. In fact, when Gerard was first introduced, he was using a supernatural creature to kill people mm-hmm. um, because he wanted to become a werewolf because he had terminal lung cancer and was going to die. And he thought if he became a werewolf, then that would cure his lung cancer. And so all his high and mighty talk oh. about being a hunter, that's why he makes him the perfect villain, is that he doesn't really do these things because he really cares. He does it for the cruelty of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's... Of all the people to be listening to and yeah. really taking on... I mean, he's he's a terrible, terrible mentor. Right. For our, uh, our counselor, guidance counselor of Doom, because she is emotionally damaged. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's not exactly making it easier for her. Right. So, Scotty and company uh-huh are waiting there because they're gonna fight mm-hmm. they're gonna they were not gonna run that's right they and don't run it would be a scene would have been even better if styles would have showed up and gone not and without me i'm not gonna run neither well several i mean what do we have now four where are we what's um, happening this is let's see 13 14 15 Five episodes left, I think. Okay, so we've got plenty of time. I think and, five. and they're right on track for the normal, like, run of the show. Eventually, this is about where we need to be. So, I mean, it was... A lot happened over the last... These two episodes. I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, even if I did have many, many questions. Mm-hmm. And the desire to reach through and go, This is not how things work! A <laughs> uh, couple of 12 times. Right. But, anyway... Um, yeah, so next week, we will not have a Teen Wolf episode. No. We will record. I don't know what we're going to record yet. There might be something we can entertain ourselves with. Um, but thank you for listening, folks. We'll be back next week with more of a thing. And then in two weeks, we'll be back on track with more Teen Wolf. Uh-huh. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. We'll see you guys next no week. thanks with... to you, Curtis and Mindy. Hey, Curtis and Mindy did not get spaghetti. They didn't get the spaghetti. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week here on Zompocalypse Now. Bye. This has been a presentation of HorrorForMe.com. Copyright 2017 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Horror For Me Radio. <laughs>